The Productive Woman, Episode 104. Hello and welcome to this episode of The Productive Woman. My name is Laura McClellan and this is a podcast dedicated to productivity for busy women. My goal is to help you find the tools and encouragement you need to manage your time, life, stress, and stuff so you can accomplish the things you care about most and make a life that matters. I really appreciate having you joining me today. In this episode, we'll be talking about the productivity challenges of introverts and extroverts. You'll find links and additional information in the show notes for this episode, which you will find at theproductivewoman.com slash 104. This episode is brought to you by my Productive Woman Mastermind Groups. Now, these are small groups of women who are committed to making a life that matters and to supporting and encouraging each other toward accomplishing their goals. And I have to confess, it's one of the highlights of my week is is meeting with these women. These groups meet weekly via video conference. They share goals, wins, struggles, and ideas for overcoming the obstacles that sometimes stand between us and the goals that we have in mind, the meaningfully productive lives that we want to live. There are new groups starting in early September, as I'm recording this in mid-August of 2016. I will be doing new groups every quarter for the foreseeable future, perhaps uh, more starting new groups more often as the demand is there. For the fall group only, the price for these paid masterminds includes a 30-minute one-on-one coaching call per month with me for any participant who wants it. And that's not necessarily something I'll be doing in future masterminds, but for this fall 2016, that's part of the price. Spaces are very limited. I actually only have one or two spaces, although I'm considering opening up one more group to perhaps accommodate some of the women on the wait list. So if you're interested, please visit theproductivewoman.com slash mastermind for more information and email me today at feedback at theproductivewoman.com if you have questions. I'd love to have you participating, but like I said, the, the spaces are very limited, at least for this group. We'll be doing more in the future. So now let's get into the topic for this week. As I was putting this together, I was thinking about the fact that the the productivity principles apply across the board, but the implementation of those is different for everybody. Productivity is a very personal thing. What works for some people might not work for you. And what works for you maybe wouldn't work for other people, but it's just a very personal and personalized thing to develop a productive life in the sense that we talk about it on this show. So I'm going to be looking in this episode and in future episodes at some of the factors that influence what works for us and what we, the the steps and approaches that we might take to make a productive and meaningful life. In this episode, we're going to be looking at some of the unique productivity challenges that are faced by us, depending on whether we're an introvert or an extrovert, and a few suggestions for addressing these challenges. So to start out with, what does it mean to be an introvert or an extrovert? I think there's a lot of misconceptions out there about what those terms actually mean. Uh, but it's it's pretty, I did a lot of research on this, and it's a pretty straightforward, albeit maybe not simple, explanation. Introverts 
get energized by time alone. And they tend to lose energy from long periods of time around people. Big crowds tend to wear them out. Being an introvert is not the same thing as being shy or socially awkward. And it's certainly not the same thing as being antisocial. Those are different things entirely than being an introvert. Extroverts, on the other hand, get energized and refueled by social interaction, and they tend to lose energy and lose motivation when they spend long periods of time alone. Again, being an extrovert is not the same thing as being outgoing or bold or hyperactive even. Those are totally different things. Truly, introversion and extroversion really is defined by how you refuel emotionally and physically, how you get energized and how, what drains you. And there are, there's a, uh, from what I've read, there's a physiological basis for this and, and evidence in, in ways in determining which you are physically, physiologically, I'm told that studies show that introverts are more sensitive to stimuli in, in the environment around them. Susan Cain, who's written a, an excellent book called Quiet, all about the contributions of introverts in a world that's sort of set up for extroverts. Uh, and in her book, she mentions a, a scientific evidence, a study that shows that if you squeeze a lemon on an introvert's tongue, she'll salivate more than an extrovert would. So they, introverts tend to be very sensitive to the stimuli in the world around them and too much stimulus, especially social stimulus wears them out. So introverts are the people more, most likely that you're going to find hold up in a quiet room somewhere by themselves to get work done. Extroverts are less sensitive to stimuli, so they're more driven to seek it out in social settings. They're more likely to be the ones you find working in the middle of a busy room or something like that. Um, and uh, there was one article that I read, and I'll, I'll put links to um, some of these articles because they were so interesting, and I can't possibly cover you know all, everything that they talk about in a reasonable length episode. Uh, so there'll be links in the show notes at theproductivewoman.com slash 104. But one article quoted a study by a Dr. Jerome Kagan, who's a professor at Harvard's Laboratory for Child Development. And he developed this 45-minute evaluation for babies trying to predict which ones were more likely to turn into introverts or extroverts. And um, in this study, Kagan and the team that worked with him, the researchers that worked with him, exposed the infants to a wide variety of new experiences, like balloons popping, uh, mobiles, voices, and smells. And what they found was about 20% of the infants were highly, and I'm quoting here, highly reactive to these stimuli, while 40% were, quote, low reactive. And what long-term this study showed, Dr. Kagan's study showed that although you'd expect that the highly reactive people were more likely to be extroverted, you know, more bouncy, outgoing kinds of things. Actually, the high reactive infants, the infants that reacted the most to these various experiences were more likely to be introverts, while the low reactive, the kids that, you know, the popping balloons and things kind of didn't phase them, 
they were actually more likely to become extroverts. So scientifically, physiologically speaking, introverts are, are more likely to be overstimulated than extroverts are. They're more sensitive to it. And uh, another article that I read and uh, that I thought was really good that I wanted to quote some of this um, in talking about the differences between introverts and extroverts, this, this article on agilelylife.com says, and I'm quoting here, an introverted person wants to understand and an extroverted person wants to act. We can look for the cause for that on the biological level. Researchers found that introverts are highly sensitive to dopamine, the neurotransmitter that helps control pleasure and reward centers, and that the part of the brain called the amygdala, amygdala becomes very active with interaction. Thus, introverts can feel overwhelmed very quickly. And the article goes on to say, on the other hand, extroverts have relatively low sensitivity to dopamine and therefore require large amounts of outer stimulation. And it, this goes on um, to explain how this works within the brain and why uh, extroverts require more stimulus. And uh, they, this quote from the article ends by saying, understanding all of this can help you to realize that introversion is not simply a personality trait, but a nervous system setting. So our, it, it really is defined at that level. Unlike shyness, which is defined in a completely different way, or outgoingness, and you know those sorts of things. So though the, the basic difference, and that's, I guess, the point I want to get a, across, that introverts are not antisocial, they are not necessarily shy, they're not necessarily timid, they simply um, are more sensitive to stimulus, and therefore they, even if those who like people and like social settings, they need to retreat to uh, alone time to recharge, whereas extroverts aren't exactly the opposite of that. Well, why does it matter to us on The Productive Woman and why am I talking about it? As I think we've, we've said in the past, and, and the truth is that man, being productive, managing productivity is about managing energy. So knowing what depletes your energy and what restores it is a key to productivity. Knowing how you recharge and what wears you out um, helps you manage your energy in a way that lets you maximize your productivity. Another reason it's important to understand the differences between introverts and extroverts uh, and the unique qualities of each is to make co-working and relationships in general and collaboration easier. We tend to project on the people around us our experiences, but understanding the differences can help make, whether it's work teams or family relationships or, you know, any of those sorts of things, parenting, um, more effective and the more effective they are and the less uh, stress and conflict there is, the easier it is to be productive. So that's why I, I thought it was worth talking about this. So what are some of the unique uh, productivity challenges faced by introverts and extroverts. And I, I have to confess that I leaned, as I was researching this, I found a lot, I thought this was interesting. I found more articles um, focusing on 
introverts than I did on extroverts. Not that there weren't any, uh, and I, I, I'll, like I said, I'll put links to several of these in the show notes. But I, the more I read, the more I kind of agreed with Susan Cain in her book Quiet that the world really is structured, our society, culture, whatever is structured in a way that makes it easier for extroverts to be successful, say, in, in the workplace because, or in business, because uh, extroverts tend to have really great networks with lots of people and lots, uh, lots of social interactions. And there's something to be said for networks in, in terms of advancing your cause, so to speak, in, in building a productive life or a career or anything else. Whereas introverts may not have these wide and deep and broad, um, social networks, they have other strengths. And so there are a lot of books or lots of articles that I saw about help, uh, structuring the workplace, for instance, for introverts to be more successful. So what are some of the challenges? And, and these aren't in any particular order. These are just some things that I thought of things I came across as I was uh, doing my reading and research for this episode. One of them may be a reluctance to ask for help. Be in part because it involves interacting with other people in a way that might not be comfortable for an introvert. Remember, we're not talking about social awkwardness or shyness. We're talking about the f- for introverts, and there's a scale, a sliding scale on all of this. Um, you know, most of us are uh, some mixture of introversion and extroversion, but a you know a really deeply introverted person social interactions really just wear them out and they have to sort of gear themselves up to do it. And they're going to not spend that, um, energy capital unless they have to. And so for some introverts being unwilling to ask for help on a project or a goal that's important to them may be a challenge because they want to avoid the, the stress of the interaction that kind of goes with asking for help. Introverts may procrastinate on tasks that require reaching out to others or working with a large team for all the reasons we've already talked about. Another challenge that introverts may experience is discomfort or distraction working in a public or social or high stimulus environment. Even the stimulus of lots of emails coming in and the the computer dinging and the phone ringing and people walking by in the hallway and different things, because as as I mentioned earlier, and that's why I kind of wanted to talk about some of that science, because introverts are more sensitive to the stimulus of of any, any kind of stimulus, but it can create distractions to them in a way that is puzzling to the extroverts that work with them. And so that can be a challenge for them. Meetings can be a real challenge for introverts, especially meetings with lots of people. They can be overwhelming to an introvert who may tend not to speak up or contribute and therefore may be seen in a way that doesn't really reflect their actual ability to contribute to what the team is doing. And I'm, you know, I'm talking in a work situation, but it's the same um, in any sort of social situation where um, introverts may tend to hang back and not speak up. That can create challenges because they don't get recognized for what they have to offer. 
And that goes to kind of the last and the last um, challenge that I had on my little list here is the misperceptions of others. If you're an introvert, because of these things we've talked about, people may think that you're kind of snooty or standoffish. And maybe they won't think of you for teams that they're putting together for a work project or a a function or something like that, because they think, well, this person never speaks up. They, they probably don't like being there. They probably don't want to be part of it. So we won't ask them. And those, when we talk about productivity in the terms of achieving goals and making a life that matters, uh, the perceptions of others has an impact on that, right? You know, that we, um, if, if we, we are social creatures, even introverts are social creatures, and there are things that we want to accomplish that have to be done um, that involve other people, and some of these challenges may interfere with that. What about extroverts? They certainly have their own kinds of productivity challenges, and some of those... Um, might be just distraction by social stuff because they are so oriented to um, to get that stimulus and that social interaction, they may be distracted from their work by the opportunity to connect with other people. Where uh, introverts may procrastinate on starting tasks that require getting other people involved, Extroverts may tend to procrastinate on tasks that require them to go off by themselves and focus on something all alone. Uh, extroverts tend to have a hard time working alone. They often, um, where introverts process information internally, extroverts often depend on talking through issues with others, with you know, with other people to reach solutions. And uh, there was a great article that I'll linked to in the show notes by Gwen Bortner uh, on a blog, and that, and I'm quoting here from that post, extroverts need to talk through their process, often with multiple people. The right question is still important, but time alone is often not helpful and in some cases practically debilitating. So working through challenging situations requires a support network of people willing and able to be both mentally and physically present, and that's not always easy to find. So if um, an extrovert is the kind of person who, in order to reach a solution, whether it's work-related or personal or whatever, they really process out loud and through the interaction with other people, if the other people are not readily at hand, they may be kind of impaired in their ability to get us to a solution and move forward. Another uh, challenge for extroverts is they can tend to overcommit. They like busy. They like, uh, as, as we've said, they are not as sensitive to stimulus. So they go out looking for it. They need lots of it. And they tend to take on lots of stuff, especially things that involve social interaction. And as uh, one article in Inc.com said, uh, extroverts can get burned out quickly when they're trying to impress others or earn their respect through overcommitment. Um, they may take on too much and, and burn out. And similarly, because they thrive on the challenge and the psychological stimulation of having lots to do, lots on the calendar and lots of activity, Extroverts can tend to get so busy, 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 busy that the important, uh, really deep work gets shoved off to the side and, and 
not done because their preference is to do the stuff that involves that social interaction. They can also tend to act before thinking. They, you know, may have a tendency to jump in without a plan, uh, which is great. You know, there's a lot of enthusiasm and energy, but sometimes without a plan, uh, the, the task the project perishes because you get into it and you find out you don't know where you're going. So introverts may not get started because they're very good at planning and thinking through things internally and, and put off the starting. Extroverts will jump in with, you know, guns blazing, ready to get it done and realize they, they don't really know where they're trying to go or how to get there. So those are just some of the things that I came across and, you know, as I thought about this and was doing some reading uh, and, you know, I wonder maybe if you uh, recognize yourself in one or one or the other of those. But we like to give some solutions. Um, so what are some practical steps that either an introvert or an extrovert can take to improve her productivity? Um, number of options. Like I said, there were tons of articles. I couldn't possibly read them all about uh, helping introverts um, accomplish the things that they want to do and kind of overcome those challenges. Not as many about extroverts, but there are some. And so some of the ideas that I thought of and that uh, I saw from some of these articles were that introverts will need to balance social time with quiet time. So if they're working on a project or involved in an activity that um, involves a lot of other people, and, and again, many introverts are very social and like people, but it, it simply wears them out f mentally and psychologically and physically. And so if they're working on something like that or involved in something like that. They need to schedule some time in between those sorts of meetings or activities to process and decompress, work on solo tasks in, in a quiet space. If you're an introvert, you should try to organize your day to work with your style. Since social interaction can wear you out, even though you like it, it may be a good idea to start the day with quiet planning before jumping into meetings or phone calls or heavy interaction with other people. Um, extroverts would do the reverse, and we'll talk about that in a minute. A uh, great suggestion for introverts is to turn off the alerts and the noises that can distract and overload you. Frankly, even the act of checking your emails and social media first thing in the morning can just add too much input into your mind and prevent you from doing your best thinking. And so consider putting that off um, even till later in the day, till you've had time for your, to do the thinking that you need to do. I mean, that, I, there's some value in that for everybody, but especially for introverts because all, because of the sensitivity to stimuli, um, the stimulus of, of processing a bunch of emails and social media, uh, posts first thing in the morning can get you off on maybe not the best foot. Take charge when you can with respect to, how you interact with other people. If you can avoid um, large, you know, meetings with lots of people, instead do your work through scheduling one-on-one -on -one meetings because introverts tend to be very good in the one-on-one -on -one, in reading pe other people and 
uh, recognizing body language and that sort of thing. And so maybe you're going to do your better work in, in smaller meetings, one-to-one, you know, maybe two or three other people in, in a meeting instead of, you know, the whole department or the whole class or whatever, you know, whatever stage of life you're in. Consider doing that if you can. Um, for business development activities, instead of big receptions, and, th- and I will, I guess I could have said early on, I, I, pretty much identify on the introvert scale. I love people. I like being around people, but I need, um, you know, after having fun with friends or interacting with my colleagues or whatever, I need some time to go off by myself and kind of decompress and, and restore and re-energize. And so one of the things I had to learn as a lawyer, part of my job you know, the main part of my job is to do the work for my clients, drafting documents, getting their deals done, that sort of thing. But part of my job as a partner level attorney at a large law firm is business development and social interactions with clients and prospective clients. And there are lots of opportunities to do that. And I found early on that I, to make my way, going to the cocktail reception with 150 people standing in a room to all talking, um, I do it and I try to find people to talk to and, but that's not, I don't do well there. It's overwhelming to me, all those voices coming at me and, and all that kind of activity. So what I've found the more success, I I don't come out of those kinds of activities, those kinds of events with like a list of names and potential clients that I'm going to, you know, that have hired me where I have colleagues that they just thrive in those environments and do very well. What I've found my better approach to business development is scheduling lunch with one client or a small group of, of, clients to attend a concert or something like that. Uh, and so I, I, I say that to say you can, if to the extent you can, um, schedule things, structure things in a way that works with your strengths instead of, um, trying to overcome the weaknesses and the hard, the parts that are difficult for you. If you have to attend meetings, um, and most of us do as for part of our job or volunteer activities or, or social events and th- those sorts of things, prepare ahead of time and, and be ready to speak up. As I mentioned earlier, one of the, the things that introverts can struggle with is not advancing because they don't get seen, they don't get heard, they don't speak up, and they kind of tend to be in the shadows, even though they have a great deal to contribute. So uh, prepare ahead of time. Know what the, if you know what the agenda is, you know, what's being discussed, um, be prepared to speak up and be heard knowing that you have something worthwhile to contribute as part of all this, you know, be willing to acknowledge instead of focusing on the part that you struggle with, acknowledge and take advantage of the skills that you likely had because these are have these are typical for introverts. Introverts tend to be better at tuning into other people in a one-on-one setting. They tend to be very good at reading body language, tone and the interactions and dynamics in a room. 
Introverts tend to think before they speak, which can be a very good thing. And they tend to be very good at strategizing um, just on their own, kind of coming up with plans. So uh, think about those things and how you can leverage those and, and take advantage of them in the, whether it's your work or your, you know, like other areas of your life to acknowledge those strengths that you have and take advantage of them. And um, talk to your boss about meetings and whether you need to attend them, whether, you know, if there are just tons of meetings that um, maybe you don't have anything to contribute to and they're going to wear you out anyway. Also, there's been a real trend in recent years toward more like open shared working spaces, open plan offices, and uh, those are uh, not great for introverts. And so if you're in that kind of situation, uh, if you work in an open plan office and everybody's in cubicles and you can all hear each other and you find it difficult to be productive there, find out about um, options as far as solo workspaces. Either if you can't get an office with a door you can close um, is there somewhere you can go during certain times of the day, a, a conference room where you can close the door and get quiet, focused work done? But, you know, look into those opportunities. Same thing if you work at home. You need to recognize uh, the need as an introvert for periods of quiet and low stimulus. So set up your workspace somewhere with a door you can close. But just remember, don't, don't hide in there all the time. Uh, there was one great article that I would... Uh, encourage you to look at, and I'll put a link in the show notes. I mentioned it earlier. It's the one on the agilelinelife.com website. It's called A Success Guide for All Introverts. And it had tons of encouraging information and really helpful tips for introverts. So have a look at that. But one other thing I wanted to mention from that article that I think is worth saying, that it's important to, and I've touched on this earlier, but it's important to distinguish between being an introvert and being shy or not having the courage to face your fears. This article, and I'm quoting now, there's a big difference between being an introvert and being afraid of public speaking, meeting people, and speaking up when necessary. Social anxiety is not introversion. It's a fear you must face and overcome. And I thought that's really uh, an important thing for those of us who are introverts to keep in mind that you can, don't excuse, you know, if, if part of your, uh, goal, your long-term goals or your short-term goals involve a need to get out there and ask for help or speak publicly, um, being an introvert is not, doesn't excuse you from those needs. There are fears that we, that are completely separate from introversion that we can need to address and overcome. And we'll talk about some of these in future episodes. Well, what about extroverts? What can, what are some of the things they can do to uh, address the struggles they might be having in being productive. And similarly to what I said about introverts, uh, again, organize your day to work with your style. So where introverts maybe need to start out the day working solo, planning and, you know, quiet one-on-one -on -one kinds of things, maybe uh, extroverts who get energized by interacting with other people 
need to start the day with that social interaction that fuels them. So meeting, schedule those meetings and conference calls, brainstorming sessions, whatever, those kinds of activities, start out your day with those. Um, just leave the introverts in their office <laughs> until you finish. Um, and then do the quiet things later. Uh, just like introverts, alternate solo work with teamwork. Um, if If working alone, lots of time alone kind of deflates your motivation and, and de-energizes you, uh, schedule those solo times when you need to uh, work on deep work, important work, but do that in small chunks and reward yourself for that focused work. You know, say, when I finish this draft of this chapter, I'll call my friend and chat. When I finish, you know, once I do this thing that requires me to stay focused by myself, I will meet my, you know, somebody for lunch. Those sorts of things. Alternate it and uh, uh, t while still making time for the undisturbed, quiet, deep work that needs to get done. Extroverts might really like the Pomodoro technique, where you set a timer for, say, a 45 to 50 minute work session, during which you'll be head down working. And then once the alarm goes off, you can get up, take a 10 minute break and go down the hall and chat with a coworker or something like that. Extroverts might really like working in a coffee shop. So say if you work at home, and you get kind of I don't know, in the doldrums, spending too much time by yourself, take your work, take your laptop down to Starbucks or some other coffee shop or a deli or a bench in the mall or some other location with people and noise around. That might be, likely would be too much for an introvert. Too much noise, too much stimulus could provide exactly the stimulus an extrovert needs to focus and get her work done. So consider that. Now, do schedule time to think and plan so you avoid this sort of directionless jumping from one project to another. Since extroverts tend to think out loud and think best with listeners and, you know, with real-time feedback, maybe your planning is a quick conference with your secretary, your coworker, your spouse, outlining out loud, here's the three things I'm going to do today or tomorrow or whatever, but make that time so that you have a plan to be productive and make sure that you're not just doing tons of activity, uh, but not really accomplishing anything. So make that planning time, but use what works for you. Get somebody to talk with about it. And like I said with uh, introverts, Acknowledge, and you, you as an extrovert should acknowledge and take advantage of the, the skills and the tendencies you likely have. Extroverts tend to easily make friends, and lots of them, and develop good connections and, and big social networks. You can really capitalize on that to, uh, to find the allies you need to advance towards your goals. Um, Extroverts can tend to be to really do well working in teams. Now they can just go in like a bull in a china shop and not be paying attention to the dynamics in the room, but that's not so much extroversion as something else. So and we can talk about that later. Um, but you know, if you like working in teams and you you get energized, uh, find that kind of work and that kind of if you're doing a charity function or something, get other people involved on the planning committee that you can work with together. 
extroverts tend to thrive on a busy full schedule. So, you know, go ahead and, and schedule tons of meetings and stuff. Just make sure that all that busyness is targeted toward accomplishing goals that you actually care about. And it's not just activity. So that's, those are my thoughts. I mean, where you fall on the introversion extroversion scale is only one factor though. It's only one component of your personality and your productivity style. Productivity is also affected by other elements of who you are, of your personality, such as shyness and boldness. Uh, you know, those don't match up with introverts and extroverts. There can be a shy extrovert and a bold introvert. Um, but so that's another component of your, your style, your personality, your productivity, your confidence or lack thereof, whether you're passive or assertive, um, all those things have an impact on your productivity. So does your health, both, you know, physical, emotional, mental, and all of that, your habits, such as the amount of sleep you get, uh, how well you eat, all those kinds of things have an impact on your productivity and your ability to concentrate. So it's uh, being an extrovert or an introvert or wherever you fall on that very definitely sliding scale is just one piece, but I thought it was worth talking about. And I would love to know your thoughts on it. Um, you know, do you identify as an introvert or an extrovert? And if whichever one it is, have you found some techniques that work to help you stay productive um, and, and sort of manage your energy and therefore your productivity. Love, I would love to hear what those are. You can uh, share your feedback in a number of ways in the comments section of the show notes for this episode, which you will find at theproductivewoman.com slash 104. You can also post a comment or a question on the Facebook page or on the new, uh, in the new um, Productive Woman community uh, Facebook group, which you can find at theproductivewoman.com slash group. If you're not already a member of that group, it's only been going for two or three weeks. It's growing though, new women joining every day. And we're having some great conversations and a lot of support and encouragement. I love it when I see somebody throw out a question about uh, a challenge that they're having and, and the other women are jumping in with ideas that have worked for them. So uh, find us there if you haven't already. And if you've got a comment on this episode, I'd love to hear what it is and, and have a conversation about it. If you want to share your thoughts with me privately, you can email your questions, comments, or suggestions to me at feedback at theproductivewoman.com. Uh, you can also leave a voice message by clicking the button either on the website or the Facebook page. Again, if you haven't already done so, please join us in the Productive Woman Community Facebook group. And uh, you can go to theproductivewoman.com slash group or just search for us there in Facebook and click the join button and I'll be sure to let you in because I'd love to see you there. If you enjoyed this episode or any other, you like the podcast, help me uh, spread the word. There are various ways you can do that. First of all, tell a friend about it, you know, today. If there's a friend that you care about that you think might be interested and in, but hasn't heard of the podcast, show her or him um, where to subscribe and how to become part of it. You can share this episode or any other by going to the show notes there and um, 
clicking on the social sharing buttons that appear for every episode makes it really easy for you to share an episode you like with your friends and followers on Facebook, Twitter, Pinterest, Google Plus, LinkedIn, I'm trying to think pretty much anywhere. Um, And so that's another great way to share content that you think would be helpful to or interesting to the people that are in your networks. And finally, you can also leave a review in iTunes, which I would appreciate very much. So there are links to do all of that in the show notes. Last thing, if you're looking for encouragement, motivation, accountability, and achieving your goals, consider joining me and others in the next session of the Productive Woman Mastermind Groups. Those groups, as I mentioned, are forming now for fall of 2016. And I only have a couple of spaces there, but I'd love to have you involved. If the timing doesn't work for you this fall, go ahead and apply anyway. I'm, you know, I'm collecting a list of those who are interested for the next round of groups that will start in the coming months. So you can visit theproductivewoman.com slash mastermind for more information and for the link for there's a very short online application and then we can be in touch to talk about more of the specifics. And you can email me at feedback at theproductivewoman.com for with any questions that you have. And that, my friends, is it for this episode of The Productive Woman. Thank you for spending this time with me. I, I know I say that every time, but I sincerely mean it every time. It uh, it means the world to me to have you here and part of this uh, this experience, part of my life, and, and invite me into yours. I hope that you found something in this episode that was helpful to you, and I'd love to hear from you. And I look forward to talking to and with you again very soon. So until next time, remember, extend grace to each other and definitely to yourself. And go make your life matter. The Productive Woman is a proud member of Noodle Mix Network. Find more of our award-winning and award-nominated podcasts to help you think, laugh, and succeed at noodle.mx.